Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Uh, A year, uh, uh, 10 years, we had no idea. Guam and the Marianas Islands was a very desolate little island. It wasn't at all what it is today. Uh, It was 12 miles wide, 32 miles long. Uh, Aganya, the main city, was nothing more than uh, Quonset huts and and bars, uh, pubs. And uh, here we were on that island, and uh, something interesting began to take place in the men that were stationed there. Due to the isolation, um, there were, of course, no air conditioning in those days. Uh, Men uh, were wringing wet uh, with sweat, their clothing. Uh, developed fungus or ringworms uh, from, from being wet all the time in their clothing. Uh, men began to be uh, introspective, uh, locked in. Uh, the uncertainty of life, uh, isolation uh, from the normal processes of life. And an interesting thing began to happen is that men uh, began to go what they call tropo. In other words, they began to wig out. And uh, uh, very interesting uh, took place in the mental imbalance that was there in the uncertainty, in the isolation, in the uh, 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 issues of, of life that were there. And uh, this began to reveal something about human personality. Psychotropic drugs are a major industry in our generation. I don't know if you're aware of that, but many, many people are unable to function without uh, medical uh, 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 medication, and especially psychotropic drugs that have to do with the mental uh, areas of their personality. There is a spiritual dimension that God promises you and I. I'm not condemning people who have uh, been under treatment or are under treatment. I'm not condemning you, but I want to tell you that God has a promise And that promise is he will give mental stability. He will give a stability to an imbalanced mind. And the older I grow, the more important I begin to see that it is to have a healthy mental process and be able to have a balanced mind. And in the book of Ephesians, I want to uh, uh, talk to you for a moment about a balanced mind, beginning with verse 17. If you'll follow there with me, some very interesting things are said. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, 
that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about your mind. Very simply, first of all, I want to talk to you about a fearful mind. Many people, and this text as we get to it and examine it, is going to be very revealing in people who have a fearful mind. This is, this is very clearly evident in the, in the generation in which you live. Many people uh, are fearful of mind. I was told a very interesting story. I was preaching back in the, uh, in the east coast of the United States, and the assistant pastor was uh, taking me from the, from the uh, airport uh, to where I was to minister, and he told me a very interesting story. He said they had a man who came into their congregation, and uh, his name was Jerry, and uh, this man claimed to be bipolar, and uh, he was under heavy medication. Uh, he was very introspective. He was filled with self-pity. He was a, uh, he was a wreck mentally, and uh, this uh, assistant minister began to talk to him, began to observe him, Finally, he decided uh, that uh, this man was not, uh, was not really coming to grips with the issues of life. He confronted Jerry and said, you're filled with self-pity. Yeah? And what you need to do is you need to lay hold of God. God can save you, can deliver you. This man had made some kind of uh, profession of, of some kind there, uh, and he claimed to be bipolar. He, uh, he confronted him, led this man in a prayer as this man was honest about the issues of life, and uh, a short time after, the pastor returned, who had been out speaking on a, on a speaking tour, who had met this man briefly. And uh, the assistant uh, then, as the pastor returned, he said to the pastor, Pastor, you remember Jerry. Uh, Jerry uh, had come in just shortly before you left. And he said, uh, uh, Jerry uh, is doing tremendously. Jerry stopped him and said, no, 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 no. Uh, that's the old Jerry. I'm the new Jerry God had wonderfully changed this man, delivered him, uh, and he's able to live a normal life uh, without uh, medication. Now, one of the things that happens today in schools uh, in America, and I'm sure it's uh, true in Australia, they have, uh, uh, they have boys. Uh, our generation, if any boy is a normal boy, they have to remove uh, uh, this aggressive spirit. How many of you know that boys and girls are different? Three of you. Okay. Well, uh, you're in for revelation. Boys and girls are different. Boys are born with an aggressive nature, naturally. Boys want to, uh, they want to compete. That's the that's nature of the male personality. Boys want to pick fights. That's, that's natural to them. Uh, boys want to kill things. I mean, this is the male personality. And so in school, if the teacher picks this up immediately, they say, this is, you can't allow this. We, we've got to remove that. And so they recommend them for an examination. They put them on Ritalin, uh, and uh, they uh, try to make them uh, settle down, not be uh, a boy. They want to take out that male aggressiveness. Many times... Uh, 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 young men uh, are affected by uh, what they call ADD, attention deficit uh, uh, disorder. 
which is actually absent dad disorders. What, uh, many times that's what it is. But they, uh, they cannot stand to have a male that is a normal male, that aggressive personality. They want to remove that. They want to level that out. Uh, and uh, they begin to put them under medication because uh, they're afraid uh, that they won't be normal uh, in that. Sometimes we have people who call, uh, say they've got post-traumatic stress. And this may be a reality. I'm not denying that it could not be. But many times at the root of this is a fear of one kind or another. And an interesting statement is made in this text. I want to look at this text. The vanity of their mind. This is a very interesting statement. I think the, uh, uh, the uh, new King James uh, translates it, the futility of their mind. The New Living Testament translates it blinded and confused. And one translation said hopelessly confused. So here we have people, and many times these people are affected in their, in, in their mental processes. They live life like a deer caught in the headlights. There's a paranoia, or maybe I could say here in Australia, kangaroo caught in the headlights. But they're filled with paranoia. The, the processing of life is almost too much for them, and they live life paranoid about every event of life. And there are many causes and many symptoms of this that I want to examine a couple of these. Quite frequently, this has a spiritual dimension. In the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 4, says, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So here we find people who sometimes are filled with fear, Sometimes uh, their minds are not processing uh, life properly. And the reason for that is that the enemy of their soul has been able to lay hold and obsess and dominate their minds uh, and uh, keep them in a state constantly uh, of fear. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Apostle Paul writes these words. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound or a disciplined or a stable mind. So here we have it in Scripture, and we do not have to live that way because the redemption of God has been promised to us, and we do not have to live that way. Sometimes this is the consequences of sin. Very interesting to observe people who are caught in sin, and the uh, book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 18 and 19 says, Having their understanding darkened, being alienated, uh, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness uh, with uh, greediness. So sin does something to the human personality. It affects the ability that God has given to us to uh, properly process life uh, and have a stable view of life. Uh, and uh, we cannot correctly do that if we're involved in sin uh, because it affects uh, the processing personality. And the Old Testament uh, gives a very interesting statement. Uh, it's found in the book of Leviticus chapter 26. It says, here they are 
Leviticus uh, uh, and Deuteronomy 28 both deal with it. And here's an individual, and a leaf falls from a tree. And as that leaf falls from the tree, they hear that, and uh, their personality is so disordered, uh, they run uh, like somebody's after them. Uh, and the Bible outlines this because this is a fearful mind uh, that is imbalanced and caught up in the processes of life. Sin uh, makes us vulnerable to false doctrine and false precepts. In the book of Second uh, Thessalonians 2 verse 2 says, Not be soon shaken in mind or trouble, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ uh, had come. So here are people, they're not grounded in the word of God. And when we're not grounded in the Word of God, we are vulnerable to false doctrine, uh, and uh, we are driven sometimes uh, by very simple events of life. Uh, it, it goes out of proportion, uh, and we begin to be very fearful, and we're gripped uh, by that. Guilt sometimes is a catalyst for fear. In the book of Hebrews 10, verse 27 says uh, uh, that uh, uh, there is a, uh, a certain fearful looking for uh, of judgment and fiery indignation uh, which will devour uh, the adversaries. One of the most amusing stories and yet sad that I ever heard was a backslider in our congregation. He backslid for a period of time and during that period of time, uh, uh, this man was so filled uh, with guilt uh, and he was so paranoid he would not sleep under an electric blanket or, or hot pad in your bed, whatever you uh, uh, do here in Australia. He would not sleep under an electric blanket because he was terrified that he would be electrocuted uh, by that electric blanket by some accident. Now, I don't remember of anybody in world history that's ever been electrocuted uh, by an electric blanket, but this is what guilt does. Guilt lays hold of the mind, uh, begins to cause it to be driven and paranoid. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, Apostle Paul draws that out here uh, when he writes this tremendous statement and said uh, the futility uh, or the emptiness or the confusion of their mind, they're not able to properly process life uh, and are often filled with fear. I want to tell you, you don't have to have uh, a fearful mind. Uh, I'll relate to you before I conclude. There's another mind that I want to talk to you about. This is an unstable mind. This is a mind that is unable to make up their mind. People, there are many people who uh, they have no root within themselves. Uh, Jesus speaks about that. They're chameleons, actually. So when they're among Christians, they appear or put on all the trappings of a Christian. When they're with sinners, they look no different than them. It's like a chameleon. A chameleon blends in with whatever environment it has. And these are chameleon people. And this is a major problem in the church of Jesus Christ. And sometimes this is also true among young Christians is they're fearful and they're unstable in their personality. They have no root and grounding, and they're unstable in their mind. They do not make a decision, and when they make that decision, that I'm making this decision, I'm going to stand by this decision. And this is a picture, sadly, of a great deal of our generation. Verse 22, look at it for a moment. Verse 22 gives us a picture of corrupted human beings. Listen to Adam Clark uh, as he translates this verse, verse 22. Adam Clark says, uh, they throw, all, all, throw off all sense of shame uh, and be utterly devoid of pain uh, for committing uh, 
unrighteous acts. So in other words, they're unstable in their mind. And as they're unstable, they're inconsistent. They don't track on course in life and in the Christian faith. And James picks this up in James 1.8 and says they are double-minded people. Look at James 1.8. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That's often uh, 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 translated by commentators as a two-souled man. Or in other words, they have a, a, a double soul or a double mind. And on one hand, they want to do the will of God. But on the other hand, they want to do their own will. There's no stability in their personality. And they live life in that confused state. And this wreaks havoc in the church of Jesus Christ. Second Peter 2, verse 14, relates a very interesting text. says, having eyes full of adultery. And that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. Uh, they have a heart trained in covetous practices uh, and are cursed uh, children. Second Peter 3 uh, verse 16 says, As also all of his epistle, speaking in them of, th- of these things, in which are some things hard uh, to understand. Listen, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the Scriptures. Now, here this evening, you and I are called by God to lay hold of the Word of God. If there's anything that, that drives me, it's the desire to plant in human beings a stability of the Word of God. And I've had numbers of people uh, that said to me, you know, you use a lot of Bible in preaching. I thought that's what we were supposed to preach is the Bible. And so in the Bible, there are uh, reference points. And those reference points aren't just simply mental facts that we intellectually process. These are spiritual dimensions. And when we take the word of God, we say, yes, I believe that. I'm going to obey and live by that. Then it does something to the mind. It puts a reference point in and we begin to be a person that is stable and we will have a stable mind. Here in the scripture in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4 says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Years ago, we had a man in our congregation who backslid, but his wife stayed faithful in the church. She she did not follow him. She stayed faithful. And uh, for 12 years, uh, this man was backslidden And then he returned to a service in our congregation. He responded to the altar call, the invitation to get his heart right with God. And he related something very interesting to me as he did that. He said, Pastor Mitchell, he said, I want to tell you, I was backslidden for 12 years. And when I came back to the church, you were still preaching the same things that you were preaching 12 years ago. And he said, you can't, uh, you can't understand what a tremendous comfort that was to my heart. He said, if I'd come in and you'd been out preaching some new doctrine or some wingnut revelation that you had, he said, I would have not responded. I'd had no confidence in you. But the thing that blessed me was, here's the man that 12 years ago was preaching the Bible, preaching the gospel, preaching the same uh, trend 
kinds of things that I'm preaching today. And he said, you cannot know what a tremendous comfort that was uh, to my heart. Now here, as we're talking about a stable mind, I want to tell you it's impossible for you to be satisfied with this frame of mind. If you do not have a stable mind, you're going to be vulnerable to depression. You're going to be seized with self-pity. You're going to interpret life in a wrong time frame. You're going to not be able to handle the past failures that the devil will exploit. How many of you know the devil will exploit your past failures? You make a failure, I want to tell you that the devil, he may not at that moment, but he'll put it on the shelf. And then in a vulnerable moment of life, he pulls that off when you're vulnerable and uses that against you. And if you are not stable of mind, you will be vulnerable to that and you'll not survive. Unless you have that, you will not have discernment about the present circumstances of life. You won't be able to rightly interpret the events of life. We desperately need tonight a stable mind that has reference point. In short, we need a balanced mind. Here in this text, we see the reality of the generation in which we live. You will have a mind, you will be easily triggered by the events of life. One of the things that we have in difficulty of making disciples uh, is that we have what uh, is called a fatherless generation. Many uh, fathers uh, uh, are dysfunctional. They do not function in the home. They've deserted their family or their illegitimate children that are born. And something happens when there is not a reference point in life, uh, and that is that that, uh, uh, people begin to feel a sense of rejection. Rejection is one of the major problems of our generation. And because of that, an interesting thing happens that when uh, they are corrected or when they are disciplined or when they hear something that is not uh, according to the, the desire of their heart, then they do not uh, process it correctly. They do not see that as a correction that is for their benefit. They interpret that uh, as being rejection, uh, and rejection lays hold of them and begins to uh, do its evil process uh, upon their life. Many uh, people today uh, uh, cannot stand any kind of correction. They want to attend a church where no one ever preaches about their sin. All they want is feel-good religion. They want to so-called worship, uh, which if you're uh, present this morning, you understand uh, uh, some deeper things about that. Uh, They cannot stand to be ever corrected in life. They interpret correction as rejection, uh, and they improperly process life, uh, and it has a deadly effect upon their future and upon their destiny, a fearful mind. The third mind I want to talk to you about is a peaceful mind. It is possible in life to have a peaceful mind. How many of you believe that tonight? It is possible to have the peace of God. Jesus transmitted this to his disciples in John 14 and verse 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So here's our Lord Jesus Christ. He's ministering to the disciples. He knows and understands the events that are soon to come down upon them and the turmoil that this is going to cause. And he spoke these tremendous words, peace, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, I give unto you. Let your, not your heart be troubled, neither let it be 
afraid. Paul picks this up and emphasizes it in the book of Philippians, chapter 4 and verse 7. And he says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Now let's think about that for a moment uh, because I have no doubt there are people here tonight uh, and your heart uh, is longing for the peace of God. This is a result of a spiritual transaction. Think with me for a moment uh, about those words. This is not simply you're going to keep a positive attitude and you should have that. Uh, this is not simply because of some attitude of mind that, you're, uh, that you've read a book somewhere and so you're going through. This is a spiritual transaction. Uh, and in verse 23, look at it for a moment of this text. Uh, and he says, be renewed in the spirit uh, of your mind. Let me read that verse to you in the Living Bible. Now, your attitudes and thoughts uh, must be constantly changing for the better. Yes, you must be a new and different person, holy and good. Uh, clothe yourself uh, with this new nature. I was ministering some years ago to a pastor who had backslidden. He had come into our church uh, under discipline and uh, is very interesting. I'm, uh, I'm dealing with this man, trying to bring him to wholeness. Uh, the failure of his life uh, constantly overwhelmed him. The criticism of his brethren and uh, who uh, never would let him forget his failure. How many of you know God will forgive, but uh, human beings, that's a different thing. Amen. And so this man was struggling with that. I remember him sitting there denying that he'd ever been called. Uh, he's, uh, we're going through this mental uh, uh, game, this mental exercise with him. I'm uh, trying to reason with him. I'm trying to, I'm not having any, uh, uh, I'm not having any success of any kind. But one day, this man decided that he is going to quit playing games. He's going to repent and get right with God, quit blaming other people for his problems. Uh, and it was just like you turned a switch. He's a totally different person. God touched this man's mind. Uh, and for that moment, uh, he was a different person uh, because a spiritual transaction had taken place uh, in his mind and in his heart. As a matter of fact, uh, this is what it really means to be born again. It means that a spiritual transaction uh, has happened to you. Uh, and when you're born again, something glorious happens as God reaches in uh, and he begins to give you the ability to have a transformed mind. Uh, and the promise uh, is to you and I. Now, there's a deliberate choice uh, that you and I must make. You can live your life... Uh, and uh, you can live your life without making any attempt of any kind uh, to allow God uh, to control your mind. Listen to Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. And that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, uh, which was created according to God, uh, in true righteousness and uh, in holiness. You see, the Christian is contrasted uh, with the world in which we live. When the Bible uses the word world, it is the Greek word cosmos. It literally means this present world system. Uh, and when God reaches into your heart, he gives you the ability uh, to live uh, 
a lifestyle that is contrasted with this present world. In John 16, 33, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, as a Christian this evening, you can have the peace of God because it is a spiritual transaction and there's some dynamics. If you're a Bible student, uh, write right now what I'm going to say to you. In the book of Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul begins to give some tremendous instruction. In Philippians 4 verse 6, Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Or in other words, don't worry, but begin to pray and make your prayer and supplication before God. And then he says these tremendous words, then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard or garrison your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So here's a key. That key is prayer. You'll never have a standing process of mental health and not have a prayer life. One of the great blessings that God gives to us as believers is we can pray and God will move in our behalf. So he says then, be anxious for nothing. Or in other words, let, don't let worry rule your life. He doesn't say that uh, you would never uh, have a, a time when you would be concerned about something. That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is uh, you need to pray. And if you pray, then God begins to put a spiritual guard upon your heart and upon your mind uh, through Jesus Christ. He garrisons your heart and mind. Secondly, he says in verse 8, that finally, brethren, whatever things are good, whatever things are true, if there be any good report and he runs a long litany of things that you can give your mind to, and there he lays out for you and I that we have the ability to control our mental processes and to fasten them on things of God. This is a great revelation to many people. He said, you mean I have the ability to control my mind? Absolutely. Someone has said wisely years ago, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you don't have to let them build a nest in your hair. You cannot keep the devil from bringing these arrows. Of He fires these areas, fiery darts from the wicked one, but that does not mean that you have to allow these to rest. So the devil says to you, uh, look, you're not saved. You think you're saved? You're not saved. Remember that thought that you had 30 minutes ago that went through your mind? Mm, yeah, well, I, that, uh, it was anger. But, uh, uh, well, you're not saved. That's not what, You don't have to give your mind to that. You control your mind. Can you say amen? Close your eyes for a moment. Just it's for fun. Close your eyes with me. Do that. If you're not a rebel, close your eyes. Okay. Now image with me uh, some event. Let's say that you're digging uh, uh, in your garden. Just get that image for a moment. You've got a shovel or you've got some kind of instrument. You're digging in your garden. And uh, think about that for a moment now. Okay. Now shift off of that to going out tonight after service and having a good bite to eat. Whatever it is you're going to eat tonight. Think about that for a moment. Now look back up at me. 
You see, you had the ability to change to what I was saying to you immediately. And this is what the Apostle Paul said. You have the ability to control your mind. If you're going to give your mind to various kinds of events, lust, sin, doubt, ungodliness, anger, fear, if you're going to give your mind and cause your mind to dwell upon those things, you're not going to have the peace of God because the devil is going to be sure that he brings enough garbage your way that he's going to strip you of God's peace. Finally, in verse 9, the Apostle Paul says, the things that you've heard and you've seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. What is he saying? He's saying, I model for you the Christian lifestyle. You saw me pray. You saw me live for God. You saw my orientation of life. You saw me live the Christian life. You do that, and the God of peace will be with you. So here we have now a wonderful outline for all you young Bible students. One is prayer for peace. Two is thinking for peace. And number three, doing what is right for the peace of God. You'll never have the peace of God when you're living in disobedience and you're living a lifestyle that is out. I know that God justifies. He is a wonderful and a justifier of them that believe in Jesus. But right theology is no substitute for right doing. And in this text that we have, Paul says the things that you've heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, it's an interesting thing, uh, a statement that's made in the Bible, and it's made here in this text that we have. Uh, it is made uh, 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 and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And Paul makes this statement in 1 Corinthians 12, 14. We have the mind of Christ. Now, that is a spiritual transaction to the believer that genuinely will yield themselves uh, to the Spirit of God and the Word of God, he says, you can have a mind that's oriented to God as Jesus Christ. Finally, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, your lives, a living sacrifice to God. And be not conformed to this world, he says. Be not conformed to this world, this is your reasonable service that you yield your lives as sacrifice to God. Do not be conformed to this world, but listen, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Jesus stood in the synagogue of Galilee, Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. He read from the text of Isaiah 61 and 1, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison unto them that are bound. I want to tell you tonight, you can have a peaceful mind. You can have a mind that is free from fear and you can be renewed wonderfully by the Spirit of God in your personality and in your mind. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed for a few moments.
Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.